How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. This podcast is part of the Across the Board Sports podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? The burpiest co-host in the world. Starting the show off right with that one. Right away, huh? All those zeros and falafels, sir. Wait that whole time, and then the minute the... Hey, let's go live. Right on there. Yep. Terrific. Hey, we're we're yeah, starting the show has to start, of course. We're, we're starting the, we're starting the week off strong, Mike. Yeah. Apologize for last week. We weren't on because of me. Uh, you know, it happens. I'm trying here. I try to get on. We want to do two a week. Every once in a while something crazy happens and we we aren't able to even do one. But we figure, I mean, if there's one to skip, it's the Giants like they're three and one, but does anybody really believe they're three and one? And then we, you know, it was a commander's pregame, like Carson Wentz. We even knew with Cooper Rush what was going to happen there. So if there was ever a week to miss. That was the one. You know, Mike, we didn't get to talk about it. Uh, not even like off, you know, not, not recording or anything, but did it bother you at all against the Giants that we kind of had to make a last minute play to, to win that game? Um, yeah, people have to understand that our our offense is not that great right now. It just isn't. You know, like people forget that the Giants had Ojalari and um, and Kayvon Thibodeau first week back from injury. They had no Leonard Williams, their best player. You know, it just our offense isn't that great, and and so it took a while for them to to get up a few points. You know, so. Mm-hmm. It's just not a great offense. Speaking of which, I got to find this stat. I'm going to find it right now on my phone because it's for later. Uh, Is it about Lamb? No, no, I have that one too. But this one, Mr. The the Great Dalton Miller has it. And so I want to have it ready. I haven't seen him too much in the timeline these days, man. But I haven't seen his videos on YouTube either. So I'm kind of missing out on his analysis. I think he's living outside the country now, isn't he? Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, That's isn't cool. that crazy? That's really cool. Kudos to him, man, because I know he got that uh, he got that full-time role with um, Pro Football Network, right? Is that? Yeah, That's Pro Football, yeah. Yep. He's killing it on there. He, he like, designs a bunch of stuff for them and stuff. He, he's a beast, man, and he had a really good stat, so I want to make sure I had it for when it was time. Hey, people come on this podcast, Mike, and then their career just takes off, bro. It's no coincidence. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Dalton Miller wasn't shit. To the game. <laughs> Him, Kevin Turner, shout out to KT Fun Tweets. I mean, come yep. on. He's got a show with Jeff Cavanaugh. And I've been on Jeff Cavanaugh's show, Studio de Jefre, from his house. And uh, and so, you know, that that's probably why he's got a new thing and everything. Just our touch, yeah. our magic touch. Without she, he probably doesn't even have a house, Mike. <laughs> cool, fun. Party at Jeff's. Where would the party be if he didn't have a house? Get out of the party right. for the party at Jeff's. Hey, he still owes uh, Fort Worth a Michael Gallup pizza party. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially he's re-signed and everything. He's back. We're about to talk about Michael Gallup coming up. Look yes, at that sir. segue. Well, Mike, as always, we got off track, but uh, let's get back on here, sir. Where can we find you on Twitter? At CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. 
Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, Mike, here we are after two weeks, a discussion, the topic that I enjoy talking about the most. Of course, I'm referring to Meatless Monday. What was on the menu today? It was Endless Postable at uh, Olive Garden right by my work. Uh, Mitchell wanted to go. So we went there and um, I didn't have really too much meat. I had a, I had a, a bite of a meatball. And I had a bite of a uh, uh, chicken frita with my uh, Alfredo, but I didn't go too much into meat. I stuck with the pastas, and uh, it was good. It was, you know, Olive Garden. It, it's not like you know the greatest thing in the world, but it ain't bad either. Mitchell's friggin' uh, ravioli carbonara that I like forced him to get because it sounded amazing, and I wanted to try it. So good. Ugh. Ravioli carbonara. That sounds phenomenal, dude. I love, it, uh, I love their chicken and shrimp carbonara, so that sounds great. It legitimately was easily the best thing I've ever had at Olive Garden, but it was – I would go to Olive Garden to order that. And I'm not like, uh, oh, you know, Olive – I was more – you know, my brother was like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll try a bunch of different shit. Yeah. But that was – that's worthy of going there for. That was really good. Dude, their salad, their breadsticks are really good, bro. I mean, their soups are good too. They're good. They're, they're good. Like, I mean, I'm good. just saying, like, people like to. It's the cool thing. It's like Arby's. It's cool to make fun of it. Cool to hate on it. But I like they Arby's have decent too. food. You know what I mean? No, I like Arby's. Their little potato wedges are good. And obviously, I like our Olive Garden. I ate like a fat pig over there. And so I was trying like a bunch of different pastas. But that man, that carbonara ravioli carbonara get that if you if you have it in your area who's listening to this give that one a try that one's really good did you uh did you get some alfredo anything with alfredo yeah fettuccine alfredo that was the first one that was the first one we tried and it had a little bit of uh chicken you know like uh the fried chicken that they cut up on top Oh, okay. I took a couple little bites of that because I was trying to do my best to stick with the meatless Monday. You know, I, yeah. I need to put off 20 pounds. You guys have heard me for a month talking about this and I've not been doing it. And now I'm going to go to Disneyland and look all fat in my pictures. Stop. It's okay. We'll do it afterwards. For the December one, going to get off 20 pounds. Bro, but you know what, man? I'm you're talking about Olive Garden. I love their uh, I like to get their chicken alfredo or their not their chicken alfredo, but their fettuccine alfredo and uh, chicken parmesan, bro. That combo is something else, dude. It's bomb 20 pounds. I gotta lose 20 pounds, Paul. Can we get off the food? Yeah, I'm right, talking well, about Mike, football move, players. Let's move right along here. I, I'm curious, Mike. What you know, what was it about the commander's D line that gave our O line so many issues? Because we made some adjustments that we'll discuss later, but it kind of seemed like we can never really that they they when they wanted to they could get in the backfield. Oh yeah, they could. Those two DTs whooped our ass all night, and I'm talking they beat Zach Martin a couple times. Let alone, it made me laugh on the on the timeline. They had uh, they had like uh, get McGovern out of there, bring Jason Peters in, and then I would watch Jason Peters just get whooped by Allen, and Farniak would get whooped by Allen. And McGovern would get whooped by Allen again. And I'm like, yeah, it's just Allen, guys. Like, yeah, he's really good. He's going to beat some people. Like, uh, I saw uh, one of them blow up Biotis once, and he's been playing really good football this year. He got blown up. I saw uh, Zach Martin get beat twice. Like, 
Deron Payne and, and Jonathan Allen, and especially Jonathan Allen, are really, really excellent football players. And so good football players are going to beat you a few times. It's just how it is. And so that's what happened. They, they just have really good DTs. Our tackles played pretty well against Sweat. Uh, and um, I know Chase Young is gone. I'm blanking on the kid that started the other side. But they, they did pretty well against them. But the DTs whooped us. It's funny, Mike, because, you know, to my untrained football life, here I am. I'm sitting here watching our defensive line just have – have our have their way with their offensive line but i kept finding myself going man you know it seems like uh they're they're getting to us ju- just as bad if not equal you know they, it's funny because we won by 25 to 10 it wasn't really a competitive game right but washington in the first half was doing a lot of things that good teams will look at and go oh okay we can do that to them, you know, mm-hmm, yeah. and um, defensively and offensively, the way they were able to shut down our run and the way they were able to attack us running the ball. They were effective. Washington had a, had a good game plan. They just didn't have the talent to hold to hold up, you know, and do it for a whole game. You know, Mike, I know that we're kind of dealing with a rotation there at guard on our offensive line, but is is the O-line a concern for you moving forward? Uh, anytime they face good DTs, so like Philly is going to be an issue. Uh, Washington is going to be an issue. issue. Um, hell, Giants with Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. They, they're, we didn't exactly build our O-line to attack the division's defensive fronts, you know. Like most teams build their team to win the division first. Uh, it's not like I can complain. Dak Prescott owns that division, but still, they're, the the DTs, they're going to be a problem for our interior offensive line for a few more years until we figure out what we're doing in there. So, yeah, they, they worry me. And honestly, if the tackles face someone great and we didn't give them help, they would probably worry me too, so... The O-line is an issue. Do, do you see the front office kind of building the O-line more around with building with players like Tyler Smith? Tyler Smith is going to be the left tackle from now on. Unless he's no. injured, he's not giving that job up. No. Uh, Zach Martin's got another good three to five years if there's no big injury. So they're good there, and I would bet that they re-sign Steele to, you know, they have restricted rights, so they don't have to pay him a lot. So he should be there at least another year or two. Question is what they do at center and left guard. Um, Biotish, who I'm a fan of, everybody knows I defend him. Um, I'm not crazy. Uh, I don't think they should re-sign him. I don't think they will. I think they'll re, you know, they'll, you know, get somebody there in the draft or a vet signing, you know, cheaper to replace Biotish after next season. If somebody in house can't do it and then left guard, it's possible McGovern returns, but I could see a top 50 pick going to left guard or center in the next draft. But yeah, I mean, you know, just kind of going back to my question, I mean, do you think we will try to add another guy like Tyler Smith with that mentality, that physicality? Oh, okay, I, I I thought you meant try to add one in the draft like like we did Tyler Smith. They better because that 
is working. Like Steele's a very quiet guy, but he's a power guy. Tyler's mm-hmm. just a power guy. Uh, Zach Martin could do everything. And I think if you could get another one of guard or center to be a big mauler, like I would love Tyler Smith at left guard, to be honest with you. I would absolutely love that. So if you can get another one of him, yeah, I think they should do that. Will they? I mean, they're showing a tendency to lean that way. Start. They want a little bit more toughness, a little bit more attitude. So, yeah, very possible. Absolutely. You know, Michael, you know, we're going to talk here a discouraged or inscur- or excuse me discouraged or encouraged looking at the uh the game yesterday were you more discouraged by Washington's run game in the first half or encouraged by the second half adjustments made by the Cowboys I'm going to go discouraged but I'll say this 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 defense is a little different so me saying the last couple of times during the playoffs us getting our butts kicked by teams just running down our throat the running hasn't been down our throat this time as much. It's been a little bit towards the tackles, but it still worries me. There's a stat I have. This isn't Dalton's, but this is another one. Uh, Dallas allowing the most explosive run plays and the highest explosive run play percentage. Explosive yeah, runs are any run that. over 10 yards. Mm-hmm. So that's a worry because you get into the playoffs against the Niners, Rams. You know, yeah. we saw what Tampa did week one, wore them down. Uh, this brings Detroit. Now you got to be worried about the Detroit Lions when really you should be like, okay, shouldn't be too tough. We beat them. You can't stop the run. They become a problem. Tennessee yeah. becomes a problem. The Colts mm-hmm. become a problem. Oh yeah. So yeah, they need to, they need to get a hold of, uh, of that, of that part of the game. It, it's important. It's killed us. It's killed Dallas under Dak Prescott. It's been a killer under his era. Yeah, we look at, uh, you're talking about explosive running backs. We saw Saquon Barkley. He ran off a nice TD. He had a good game against us. And then we started seeing yesterday in the first half, if Washington, you know, keeps running to the right of our defensive line, who knows how many yards Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, uh, Jonathan Williams. I mean, those guys were kind of, you talk about explosive plays. I think all three of them had at least a run of 10 yards or more. So, yeah, that is a concern. And and it really, um, you know, going back to the question, discourage or encourage, I'm encouraged by the, by the adjustments, but I'm also, you know, wondering what's going on with Bohana because it looked like he was injured. I don't remember seeing him come back. I'm not saying he didn't. I just remember him going down, and then you know they they started having more success to the left side of the line too. So did you did he leave and come back, or did he was he out for the remainder of the game? He was out for the remainder of the game, and yeah, the no, word uh, from Patrick Nosey Walker is that they hope he could practice this week. It's not serious. Noah Brown also, same thing. Yeah. Kind of makes you wish, uh, you know, we still had John Ridgeway right there waiting in the wings, huh? Oh, man. Yeah. Brent Urban, too. I wouldn't mind oh, having God. that vet back in the – I really like – if he was good back from injury, you know, I would have liked right. to have him back. Uh, but, yeah, either one of those would have been nice. Speaking of Ridgeway, you know, again, my, my untrained eye, did he, did he get a lot of snaps yesterday? How, how, was, he, how was he playing? No, he didn't. He didn't play much. Okay, I didn't think so. Well, I mean, uh, you you made a comment a couple of weeks ago about, I guess, maybe some politics or something going on with Ridgeway. The reason he's not on this team, why is he? Why why didn't he make the cut? Uh, well, what happened is they wanted to keep Dak after what happened in Tampa Bay and the embarrassment that we showed, and then Dak getting hurt. If Dak would have went to the IR. 
the team probably would have been sapped, you know? And so the Joneses trying to like faint, like, oh no, we're good. We're going to be okay. You know, they were like, oh, Dak might be back before the four weeks, yada, yada. And, um, and so they were just trying to keep encouragement. So they didn't want to put them on IR. Well, for him to be on the roster, he's got to stay like up. That's and then the up. team had to move up Cooper Rush uh, so that they had a starter on the 53. And so that spot was John Ridgeway getting cut. And, mm. um, and I was saying that I didn't really like that idea because basically you're risking a fifth round pick just to pretend like your quarterback's not going to be out for four weeks, which I he is going to be. So, yeah, could, just, you know, didn't mean to cut you off there, but the way you had worded it when, when he mentioned it, it sounded like there was some sort of like uh, politics similar to what, you know, the reason Amari's no longer on the team. So that's what I was, that's what I was wondering. No, no, they, they wanted Ridgeway. Oh, pardon me. Right no off worries, of work, sir. guys. They wanted Ridgeway. Uh, on the practice squad. They just couldn't get him there. Washington picked him up and he's got to stay on the, on the team for three games. So I think that's through next week. And then we'll see if he, if they want to actually keep him on the 53 or not, he could be the guy that goes down when Chase Young comes back. Mm, I got you. I got you. So Mike, you know, we hate to nitpick at a three game win streak, right? But we like to be honest on this pod. So you look at this win streak here. Is it more about the Dallas defense, or or is it mediocre competition? Or I don't even want to, uh, you know, not give Cooper Cooper Rush credit where he he is deserving of. But or is it you know just because Cooper Rush is you know maybe better than what we all thought? Uh, are we talking about um, uh, the defense? The the uh, is this uh, is this like a matchup thing, or is it um, the defense? uh how good they are yeah well i guess because you know i I kind of probably threw you off adding cooper rush in there but more so this the win streak should it be is it more so because of how dominant our defense is or is it because we've been kind of playing mediocre competition man okay so the thing is is we're about to find out because yeah. the Rams are the Super Bowl champs and mm-hmm. the Philadelphia Eagles are the only undefeated team in the league right now. Yep. They're both very good. Uh, mm, so I'm going to go with competition for now. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because I could find an excuse. And the Bengals O line was worse than ours. And so our D line was able to take advantage of them. Yeah. And then the two division teams just aren't that good, you know, so you can kind of rely on your defense to shut them down. Exactly. So, you know, I see some holes with the run game and with how good defensive lines can attack our offense mm-hmm. that for right now, I'm going to go with matchup, but I want to see what happens when we play these next two teams, hold them under 20. And now, yeah, now we're cooking with fish grease. And then, uh, you know, see what happens when we get our starting quarterback back and how that impacts the defense as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there, Mike. It's mediocre competition. You you look at the Bengals game. They they were able to make a comeback there in the second half, but we caught them early, thankfully, and it took a – not a miracle drive, but it took a – a lot of – you know, it took some luck on that last drive and a, a Brett Maher – 
game-winning field goal, you know, at the end to, to win that. Then you look at the Giants. I mean, their offense is a mess. Uh, they, they lose Sterling Shepard, who coming back from an ACL, he goes down with another ACL. And then they have just a bunch of guys who were like practice squad guys that he's that Daniel Jones is trying to throw to and Saquon Barkley. And then you look at the commanders who, of course, you know, say what you want about Wentz, but he's he's starting to show who he who everybody thought he was as good as their weapons are. It's just, you know, when you don't have a really good quarterback, that's it's hard to win football games. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you, man. It's it's the competition is making our defense as good as I think our defense is. It's made it look better. It's definitely made Cooper Rush look better, too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's. uh, It's the the offense is not doing well, and I believe we get into that uh, later on. But uh, yeah. The, the offense is not doing well. I can do it now. This is the Dalton uh, Miller uh, stat. Oh, look at that. It switched on me. Here we go. So in Dak's slumpy season in 2021, where, mm-hmm. the uh, where you know, everybody the second half of the year, he was bad. Everybody wanted him benched, yada, yada, yada. Uh, their EPA per play was .080. That was their offensive EPA per play. Under Cooper Rush, weeks two through four, 0.047. Mm. So almost uh, twice as good Yeah. Uh, when Dak Holy was cow. there and not playing great. So, you know, that tells you all you need to know about our offense right now. And winning cures all, and that, you know, that just shows the standard that we hold Dak to and the standard that we hold Cooper Rush to, you know? Yeah, I've a man. Yeah, I know. We're gonna have a problem. I'm telling you, next next week, uh the Rams are getting their butt whipped. Matt Stafford just threw a pick six. Oh so Lord. we're gonna get a team a hungry team uh ready for us uh next week. Just be prepared. They tried that screen thing and yeah. uh safety just jumped it, took it back for a pick six. And the 49ers, man, their their defense is looking really good again this year. They they own the Rams. That is one thing. If our defense can play like the Niners do, mm-hmm. we'll be good. He just – they own him. I mean, look at that play. Mm. Man, if they still had Trey Lance at quarterback, who knows how good they could be, dude. Yeah. Potentially by the end of the year with him getting some snaps, yeah. it would be hard to beat. Yes, sir. So, Mike, I can only imagine uh, your reaction when you heard this, but what were your thoughts on Dan Quinn saying that your guy Donovan Wilson is the, is the tone setter for the defense? It felt nice because everybody knows how long I've been on the, on the Dan Quinn or the Donovan Wilson uh, train. You yeah. know, I I love how that kid plays football. Dude. He's just been injured too much. So, mm-hmm. Um, the reason he's thought of as a tone setter is because the way he plays is just how you want every player to play so hard on every down hundred percent. There is none, none of that Xavier Woods, like, well, we don't play it. No, Donovan Wilson does yeah. every down hundred percent and he'll throw his body in danger. And that's why you, it's lucky to have him as a third safety because it's very unlikely he'll go, he'll play 17 games because of how he plays. He just never does. But, man, if we could get 14 games out of Donovan Wilson playing like this, wow, what a what a uh, pickup that would be. Dude, he single-handedly took over that Giants game, dude. He he was incredible. He had 
The, and the funny thing about the Giants game is he missed like four or five tackles. Yeah. He had 11, and he was like – he had a, a bad game tackling. He missed like four tackles. And, and he had that boneheaded penalty too, but – Yeah, he man, he's just – he's playing really good football in it, and it feels good because I had kind of lost that argument after he got injured in 2020. He was playing really well, mm-hmm. and I was feeling good, and he got injured again. Then 2021 curse comes and Wilson's kind of in and out as a, as the third safety injured again. And then uh, now he's playing like a, like a maniac. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's making us not, not miss the boy left behind by curse. That's for sure. Which is crazy. Yeah, it really is. So, you know, sticking with your guy, Wilson has, I know it's early Mike, but has he been our best player in the secondary this year? No, uh, Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs just eliminates people. He's like, he's ridiculous, huh? The locksmith. He's locks people, dude. He locks down our division. Just doesn't even have a chance. Not their main, you know, wide receivers. And then uh, you know, Mike Evans caught a nice, like one-handed touchdown pass on him, but he's just played so well. He he's. He's really good. So he's he would be my pick for top player in the secondary. You know, sticking with Trayvon Diggs, Mike, have, have, with your football eye, have you noticed that his coverage skills have improved this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't get beat by the double moves anymore. Yeah, yeah. Which is Which was funny because I saw somebody put on – I haven't muted, but somebody put on uh, the timeline about Shannon Sharp. It came up uh, – and it was like uh, somebody saying something about how great Diggs is playing. And Shannon Sharp went on and was like, that's because nobody double moves him. Like, he's susceptible to double move and nobody does it. I'm like, calm down, dude. You think you offensive tight end who doesn't even analyze sports anymore, you talk on a stupid show, TV character, you think you know something these defensive coordinators don't? Yeah. They, they would have tried to double move him if it continued to work. He's been – really good at not falling for it this year. And so people haven't been trying to do it and they haven't been successful when they have tried. So yeah. Yeah. Hearing those, those stupid people are so annoying. But do you, do you think he's been less aggressive this year? Yes. Yeah. He's picked his spots better and he honestly should have four picks at least. At least he's three, missed think. two easy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, I like that. He's, kind of waiting to take those chances instead of trying to take every chance, kind of like what we saw last year. But his his cover skills have definitely improved. I noticed it yesterday. Uh, you know, that there was that one ball, I mean, that was kind of like a, not a Hail Mary, but more of like a, a prayer, not so much a pass, where he just kind of, he, he's traveling with the wide receiver and he makes it play like he's a, he's a wide receiver on his, on his interception in the game. It was beautiful, but. Yeah, I, I noticed yesterday, yesterday's game, and it's like, man, I feel like there was a couple of moves there that, that might have gotten him that, you know, he didn't fall for this year. Yeah, he's he's been he's been the best player not named Micah Parsons on the team so far. Because I was, I was a little worried that um, if he uh, were to get lined up with Curtis Samuel that, that he might have issues with him. We didn't – I don't think we really saw that yesterday, but that was kind of my main concern heading into the game. They don't want Samuel on the outside and Diggs mostly lines up outside. 
Yeah, yeah. Samuel's not very good on the outside. He's a slot guy, so or out of the backfield. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we got lucky. I wouldn't like that matchup either, but luckily we didn't have to see it. Yes, sir. Well, you know, let's let's talk about a little bit about the offense, Mike. And uh, you know, our Kellen Moore, he's he's been having some success here, you know, with Cooper Rush. But did you feel that he called a bit of a vanilla game yesterday because of the Commanders and and who they are? Absolutely, he did. They uh, they kind of I think they knew uh by before halftime that their defense could hold down this offensive unit of the mm-hmm. Commanders, and so. Yeah, that looked like a last year or versus Tampa game plan right there. That was a that was a DAC game plan. Run it up the middle, let your quarterback bail you out on third and eight. That's what oh, that felt God, like. Dude. Yeah. And uh and you know, to their credit, the Dallas offense did enough to get a win with the defense dominating. Yeah, I mean, there were some nice plays. So, you know, Cooper Cooper Rush had some nice throws. There were some some plays there that, you know, I guess, I don't want to say got you thinking that Kellen Moore was kind of returning to his old ways, but it looked like he was not playing it so safe. But then in the second half, he kind of saw him running up the middle with Zeke and going back to his old way. So I wasn't sure what to make of it. I was, I was thinking it's because, you know, like you said, we, we knew we had the game in the bag, but – I wonder if he's just kind of saving some things for the Rams. I mean, how tricky do you think uh, Kellen would get with a guy like Cooper Rush up against the Rams defense? Uh, there's a good chance you see a one or two of them because uh, they're going to need it to move the ball on the Rams. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse my voice. Jeez. No worries. Mike, back-to-back games for C.D. Lamb. You know, he had the game when he touched down against the Giants. He had another good touchdown uh against the commanders, but overall just, you know, back-to-back good games. Is he starting to look like a wide receiver one? Yeah, he is. And uh, you know it because he is um, – I have the stat here that I was talking about earlier. Tied for first in receptions of 15 yards or more. So he's becoming a big play guy where uh, Noah Brown's, you know, a solid, uh, uh, a solid possession guy – and we all know what Gallup is going deep, but Lamb's becoming that guy that can get one short and get an extra seven, eight yards after or catch one over the middle. Um, he'll occasionally hit on a deep one. And uh, he's increased his yards every game. It was like 29, 65, 87, 97. And then the last two games he had touchdowns. So, yeah, he's he's picking it up now. And I can't wait to see what he does the few games with Dak. Man, when he dropped that ball against the Giants, dude, that long ball, I wasn't sure he was going to recover from it. But the way he uh, readjusted in the second half and, you know, kept his head in the game, man, it was nice to see. Every everything he's done since then has been wide receiver one plus. Absolutely. Yeah, he's also tied like top 15 in receptions and receiving yards. So that's nice to see. Yeah. Man. So, you know, well, Mike Cooper rushes exceeded expectations for sure, but do you think that there's a chance he could be a starter next year or, or just a highly paid backup kind of like Garoppolo? I think he's going to get paid somewhere to be a backup. That's what I think. So my, I don't think he's shown enough to be a starter. I'm going to say he backs up, and then it's in something where 
The starter isn't entrenched. It's not like Justin Herbert. It's like Baker Mayfield, you know, mm. where they he, they could tell him, hey, we're going to pay you this. You're going to get a shot to start. You know, you'll get to play for your spot. But he'll make more money than he did with us this year. So you don't think that he'll be a, a backup here with us? No. No, that's a – he's going to be a – get me the – him and Schultz. Give me the comp pick, move yeah. on, uh, get to the next guy. <clears throat> now you're talking about Schultz, but it makes me think, you know, I'm excited. I'd like to see what Peyton Hendershot could do with, you know, a 50% snap share, 60%, because I like Ferguson as well, but Hendershot has, you know, a little bit more of that yak ability, that athletic ability you'd like to see from a wide receiver, or, you know, from your tight end. Jarwin is, Jarwin is Hendershot, and Witten is Ferguson. Ferguson. Yes, sir. You know, I know you you're, you just mentioned the, the comp pick for Cooper Rush, but when you look at Dak's injuries for the last four seasons, I mean, should should at the right price, of course, Dallas, you know, make re-signing Cooper Rush a priority? Nope. Let him go. Really? Let Schultz go. We don't need either of them. Schultz is a replaceable player. Cooper Rush is a replaceable player. You're fine. Will Greer, another year in the system and everything. No, Keep yeah, him on the cheap. Fair. He'll be fine. Yeah. That's fair. I, I forgot about Will Greer. Uh, you know, I thought there was a chance uh, that he might have started a couple of games in this stretch, honestly. Oh, not the way Coop, Coop played. Oh, it's over anyway, but uh, Niners should add another pick six right there. Oh, seriously. What's the score? 24 to 9, San Francisco. Man, man, man. I wonder. I kind of wanted that. Rams to play better because we see now Washington – we can say what we want, but they played better than they did against the Eagles. They only mm-hmm. gave up two sacks. A lot of pressures, but only two sacks. They ran the ball well in the first half. You know, the defensive line stepped up. They, they looked like they were quitting versus the Eagles. They stepped up and played hard versus us. So Rams are going to bounce back from this game, so we better be ready. You know, what's interesting about the Rams, though, it's that you look at Stafford, who dealt with that injury this offseason, and their offensive line. The season's been kind of rocky for him, and I wonder if we could sneak one by him. Yeah, they – Um, I wouldn't pick us, but they're definitely beatable, even with Cooper Rush. Yeah, agreed. All right, Mike, here we are with your views from the sideline. And this week, I, I want to get your views here on, uh, on what you've learned about our offensive line after four weeks. Uh, they're going to be, they're going to be a problem versus certain matchups, teams with really good DTs teams where we can't help out the tackle with really, if they have really good guys, um, because when they face teams with really good DTs, they don't seem to run well. And that is a problem for us Mm -hmm. because when we, we can't run our, our passing game, especially under Cooper Rush going to suffer. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're going to, the, the O-line is not going to make it easy on us all year. Like Biotis has been good, but that's all he's going to be. And good is a strong word. He's been solid. He's been a starter level. You you don't need to replace him. You can win with him, but he's nothing mm-hmm. special. Left guard has been bad. Uh, Tyler Smith has been great for expectation. He still needs help. He still has his issues. Uh, Steel, same thing. Um, he's been pretty good, uh, but he still has his issues. And then the captain's been great 
as he always is. So I, I have a feeling they're going to be an issue, but hopefully they can gel together and get a little bit more push going forward as the season goes. Do you feel like a good left guard is the missing link to having a good offensive line, or are we missing multiple pieces to having a they need one, average? One more, left guard or center. They need one more. The left tackle they got, and as he improves, it will help everybody. The right guard they have, but he's going to be declining here in the next few years. Uh, the right tackle seems to be okay. And then if you can upgrade the center or left guard, now you're now you're doing well. Now you're ready. Do you think that Jason Peters, I'm not saying, you know, for the future, but just this season, you know, maybe by week eight or week nine, we're going to be like, man, that was such a great signing. Should just, you know, Jonathan Allen did kill him a few plays. Like, don't expect him to stop guys like that. You know, Hardgrave, Cox, Lawrence, Williams, those division guys, Deron Payne and, and uh, Jonathan Allen, they're going to give Peter's trouble. It's just how it is. Yeah. All right, Mike, here we are with one word. And this week we're going to use one word to um, describe Mike McCarthy having a three-game win streak with Cooper Rush. Uh, let me rephrase. Mike McCarthy having a three-game win streak with Cooper Rush is blank. Underappreciated. Oh, hyphenated. Um, he just doesn't get credit for stuff, but he'll they'll give him all the blame. But the fact, I mean, think about this: we're three and one. Mm-hmm. We played the defending AFC champs, coming off a loss for them. They lost the first game. Uh, we face the undefeated Giants, who are now three and one. We have their only loss, and then the Commanders stink. But you know, one one of the three, you know, and you had no Dak. No Tyron Smith. McGovern was just back off injury in the last game and played split snaps. Uh, No Michael Gallup until small snap amount this last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Schultz missed a game. Like, and then J-Ron Curse hasn't been here after the first week. Like, the job Mike McCarthy's doing is really, really good, and he deserves the credit for it. For me, Mike, I'm going to go with reassuring. Good word. And re- reason being is uh, including everything that you mentioned, but you think about the offseason they had where the rumors come out that Jerry Jones wants Sean Payton to be the next head coach, and then is he is he is Mike McCarthy going to get fired? How we handle all that? And then, of course, the Amari trades, all the losing all the talent that he had to lose. And then, of course, you know, the Dak injury. And, you know, I, I guess the questionable – draft that the Cowboys had. I mean, I know that we liked it, but there were still some questionable picks in there if you, you know, if you want to be honest. So, you know, for him to go through all that, then to lose Dak, and here we are, we're sitting at three and one. I mean, it's incredible, dude. Yeah, he he has done a pretty marvelous job. I hope they give him the credit for it. Yeah, I really do too. Okay, Mike, here we are with top five, and I'm not sure, you know, I I thought we were going to have an episode last week, and I don't know what even inspired me last week to, to make this the topic, but I don't know where where do you stand with with uh, with the actor we're going to discuss tonight? Oh, he's one of my all time favorites. Uh, pothead, just like me. <laughs> Hilarious, just like me. If you get to know yes, me, sir. we're both funny. People just say I'm like Woody Harrelson. What can I say? Do you uh, white and used to be good at basketball? 
I'm Woody Harrelson, bro. I just realized it. Hey, it's I'm, a come full circle, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I do love. I love Woody Harrelson, though. He's he could do anything, but he's just so funny. As he's gotten older, he's gotten just brilliantly funny. And uh, let's see, that's that's reflected in my uh, in my um, in my picks. Yeah, so guys, you know, Mike gives it away. We're talking to be ranking our top five Woody Harrelson movies. When you look at Woody Harrelson, though, do you see him as like uh, a main star or kind of like a, uh, I don't want to say what, what would be a co-star? How do you view him as far as acting like it when he takes on a role? First of all, yes, I did give it away. Oops. <laughs> no worries. And then the other, I see him as a star. So oh, okay. he could be a a a co-number one of a film he can mm -hmm. he true detective the show like him and uh do that one in one a you know what i mean like like right, right. he could do that he's not a mega star where he mm -hmm. can be the lead in in maverick like tom cruise and make 500 million or a billion worldwide or whatever but he's yeah. a star and he's exceptional at being in a Movie with multiple, like he's Haymitch in the Hunger Games. Perfect. Yeah. Big name, important role, not a starring role, but mm -hmm. a big role that's important to the show, that's in a lot of it. He goes right in there. But then there's Venom where he's the main villain. Um, he can pretty much do all of that. So, you know, I don't want you to answer me, Mike, but you, you said that when I – mentioned uh, the uh, top five he said that your list was going to include some movies that you know probably you know a lot of people probably haven't ever seen so i'd like to guess one don't tell me if i'm right or wrong i just want to see if it's on your list but i would like to guess a scanner darkly might be in your top five i don't know how many people have seen that or not but it is um, not but that's that's a good this guy could get it easily a top 10 and it's funny I left two off because I was like, you know what? The people aren't going to know them. So I, I was like, there's other ones that I like as much and they're more known and I put them on. But there's one that if everybody listens to this movie or this uh, this list here will want to watch this movie after I get to it. It's, it's right. fantastic. Mike, start us off with number five on your list. Solo. Um, makes me laugh because it got like they there's supposed to be a trilogy and it didn't mm -hmm. make enough money for Disney to make the other two, you know, Disney Star Wars. They they're the stuff they make on their movies are like crazy. But they came out like, yeah, we just didn't make enough, so uh so we're not gonna do the second and third one. And there's a big thing online about make them make the movies, the second and third movies. Then you come to find out that the director, Ron Howard, who's made 50 amazing movies, made a ton of... Yeah. It was his highest grossing film in his history. Oh so it made enough money to be Ron Howard's highest grossing right. film, but that wasn't enough to get the second or third one made, which is... Something like that. Up. That's crazy to me. It's just how much Star Wars normally makes. That, yeah. like... 500 million is like, nah, dude, that's chump change. <laughs> like, what? My goodness. That's a, that's a, that's a, you know, not that I'm a big like Star Wars fan or nerd or anything, or like, you know, I know everything about every movie in the universe and stuff, but I've watched them all and that, I feel like that's an underrated Star Wars film. 
it's a it's man, it gets really crapped on, but people will crap on any of the new ones just because they're new. I like all of them. You can't find one that I don't like. Uh, uh, Attack of the Clones is probably the one that I'm that I'm uh, the the second episode is probably the one that's my least of them. But I can watch every Star Wars. I don't care which it is. Put me on the Mandalorian and Boba Fett, and people can kill them all they want. Just give me all the Star Wars. I want all yes, the sir. Star Wars. So, uh, yeah, some are better than others, but none of them for me are not worth watching. They can't all be classics, Mike. Yeah. Rogue One, classic. Solo, good movie. Just a good movie, doesn't? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's fine. Mike, Mike, number five on my list. This is probably something most have seen, and I would imagine that uh, most like. But I'm going with Zombie Land. Great. It's a good movie, Great dude. One. Yep, it is on the list. Oh, really? Oh, I'm surprised. Okay. Okay, dude. How can it not be a Zombie Land? So number four on my list, Mike, I'm sure you're familiar with. I don't know how familiar the audience is with it. This is I'm going old school. This is a, a really, really good movie, in my opinion. I used to watch it a lot um, as a, you know, when I was younger. But Money Train, him, Wesley Snipes, and Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, that's the, uh, for most people, it's like the Jennifer Lopez kind of nude movie, you know? Yeah. yeah so, yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. That's that's what the movie was. for. I love Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. And at the time, nobody kind of knew who Jennifer Lopez was. Right. But you were still like, that part, <laughs> that part. So, yeah, yeah it, was, I mean, uh, it, it was, forgetting that, it was a good movie, super underrated. Uh, and, you know, it doesn't match up to the original Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson but like I said, I don't do that where I don't like yeah. something because it doesn't match. You right. know, not everything's going to be a home run like that, but take the double and be happy. Yeah, I mean, it's a solid movie. If it came, if it was like, if I was sitting around on the couch and I was flipping through the channels and it was back on, I'm like, oh, wow, I haven't seen this in forever. I'd sit down and watch it. It is much, much better than like a Red Baron on your favorite pizza list. <laughs> You're so salty about that. <laughs> I hate it so much. Best pizza, all pizza in the world. You picked a frozen pizza. Oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. Mike, number four on your list. Number four is Zombieland. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, I, it's, I understand like, like a lot of his assembled cast, but man, I think he kills first and Ooh. second one. All of them have their stuff, but he just—he's so good in those movies. He's—he's he's brilliant. So yeah, I'm right with you. Zombieland was my four, and it is—it's excellent. It's—it's it's like a take on zombie movies. It's a—it's a comedy spoof of them in the mm -hmm. vein of Shaun of the Dead, but yeah. it's just brilliantly done. You know, I—I I never got around to seeing Double Tap. Is that—is that worth watching? Double Tap. That's what it's called, right? Zomb Zombie Land Double Tap, the second one. You haven't seen the second Zombie Land? Uh uh. Dude, it's 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 a it's worth it enough for the uh the new girl in it who's oh, hilarious. Oh. She's like a suburban Beverly Hills like type Barbie doll mm -hmm. in the middle of the zombie apocalypse, but still has like the clean clothes and everything. 
and she's like a total ditz and it is it's she's really like super hilarious i'll never forget that the first time i saw it and then they had you know spoiler alert here guys but in the first one where they like at bill murray's house and he pretends to be a zombie uh, and they're just <laughs> the best they kill him <laughs> You should watch uh, Zombieland Double Tap has some added stuff to that. So mm. you should definitely watch it and just watch for, man, every time, like every time she calls Tallahassee, Tally Tally. God, it makes me laugh so much. It's it's really funny. It doesn't quite hit as well as the first, yeah. but it it's damn close. All right, I'll have to check that out. All right, Mike, what's number three on your list? All right, this movie is probably not going to be known by anyone watching, but I I cannot recommend it high enough to everyone. The movie's spectacular. It's called Three Billboards Outside Eben, Missouri. Okay. Um, he plays a sheriff of a town where uh oh, is it Edie? Is it Edie Flacco? Edie Falco, maybe. Uh, no, no, that's the other one. That's the Sopranos. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to mess up her. I'm going to forget her name. She just won like an Academy Award where she kind of plays a bum, like a hippie bum in the movie. And now I'm blanking on her friggin' name. I'm so mad. But she um, she loses a daughter uh, who's murdered. And Woody Harrelson plays the sheriff. And they haven't found out what happened. And so she's paid these three billboards that basically disparages the town and the sheriff for not finding the daughter. And then Mm -hmm. it just kind of goes from there into like jumping back and forth. And it's just, man, it's, it's, there's a scene in that movie that, that it's in the middle of the movie after you kind of know everything that's going on, you know, what's happening, you know, and, and the mom and the daughter are talking and having a fight. And that scene has a part that just, you're just like, oh my God. Like it is a scene I'll never forget in my life. And it's just insane. Cause you'll, you will be put in that character's place, that mom's place. You will put yourself in that place. As soon as you see the scene, immediately you will put yourself in the plate and just be like, Oh my God, like what the fuck would I do right there? What I would be freaking out. And it just, and the movie's spectacular beyond that. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's great. And uh, I believe Sam Rockwell. Oh, yeah. Sam Rockwell's in it. And he he might be the best character in it. Mm. He's fantastic. I, I would recommend it to any, I don't care what type of movie you like. This is a movie that is you don't want to miss. It, it's fantastic. It easily could have been number one, but I have two ones that I've watched so many times that I just yeah. had to put them top two. All right, Mike, number three on my list. You you mentioned it earlier, the the, uh, the uh, on-screen chemistry. White men can't jump, baby. Classic. Oh, dude. Come on. I remember watching that countless times as a kid. Dude. Puts his puts his hands up. It's pretty. It's so pretty. So, uh, uh, if I make this, uh, uh, or if I miss this, I'm still a chump. Boom, right in. But if you miss, you've been beaten not once but twice. It, I, that movie's everything. 
One of the greatest sports movies of all time, period. Oh, yeah. Again, uh, if we're noticing a theme of uh, Paul here's movies, um, Rosie Perez, nudity. Paul obviously <laughs> loves nude Mexican women, and that's how he picks his Woody Harrelson movies. All of, I'm sure there's some nude Mexican in Zombieland, too. That's that's Probably. why he has that on there. Absolutely, I'm sure. No, no doubt about that. Rosie there's Perez, a zombie actually. that's nude. Underrated, you know, not a big star or anything, but she was she's beautiful. Oh, Rosie Perez, yeah. Oh, I can't even, I'll, I'll get us banned NC 17 if I talk about I, my age, Rosie Perez at my age. Shit, I ain't even let's just move <laughs> to the next movie because this will become like porn site 101. Oh, we're right done here, with that, if we sir. start talking about Rosie Perez in her heyday, my lord. You know, Mike, I, I have a feeling this probably didn't make your list. Number two for me, though, the classic, man, my god, Kingpin, dude. Kingpin <laughs> is what spot is it? Number two. Guess what's number two on mine? Oh, no, not again. Kingpin. Kingpin huh? Oh, dude. I, Him and Bill Murray, brother. God. When there's two scenes. And that that will never ever in my life be forgotten. When this fool is like, I can figure some things out by myself, and that fool sitting in the urinal taking his shit with the newspaper. <laughs> One of the funniest. I can figure a few things out for myself. This dude's taking a dump in the stand-up urinal, dude. It, that's that is brilliant, brilliant writing. And then at the end of the movie, as Bill Murray's hair. Starts coming up as the as the match start, you know. Oh, just it's it is it's great. Kingpin's all time great. I love it when uh, he's like he goes to uh, what what's the what's the guy the bowler the the good bowler that he's like partnered with that he you know to make some money and like he goes to his Amish farm and he's like you know I uh, Randy Quaid yeah Randy Quaid. But he's like, yeah, I uh, just got done milking the cows. And he's like, well, we don't got a cow, but we got a bull. Yeah, and he's all <laughs> drinking it. <laughs> it's oh. hilarious, dude. It looks all thick, too. So gross. <laughs> uh, so Kingpin's legendary. Um, oh, seriously, dude. My number one, my number one follows yours. I'm White Man Can't Jump. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I love that movie. Uh, Rosie Perez. Uh, I'm not even gonna lie, like that ain't a big reason. Like I said, I can't even talk about it. If if we want, we're not gonna go too crazy into it. But the 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 there's a there's a certain somebody I've talked about you to you about uh, mm. Paul. Okay. Oh yeah. That's that's what I think. That is Rosie Perez. You know. Oh, so. Really? I got you. Yeah. I and you. Uh, and then um, Wesley Snipes and him, the basketball is amazing. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because I can't – I don't watch the the part where he can't dunk and he loses the bet. I can't watch it because I'm like – I just don't like it. Like the self-destructing, he's such a self-destructive character um, that it, it's just hard to watch. But – that other than that scene, I've, I've watched that movie a hundred, five hundred maybe times. Like legitimately, I've watched that movie so many times. 
how great is it though that he loses that bet because he can't dunk, and then he wins that game to get their money back with a dunk, dude. With the alley oop, with the with alley the two things. Two Use hands. the two hands. He kept trying to one hand dunk the. Yeah. Ugh, I hate it. So yeah, you know, Mike, my number one, I, I thought it might make your list, but when you mentioned that um, it was some movies, you know, most people haven't heard of, so I didn't think it would, uh, you know, it was, I thought there was a chance it might be on there, but I'm surprised that it wasn't. My number one, I'm going Natural Born Killer, sir. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm going to tell you something crazy. I, as much as I love the the Woody Harrelson and Oliver Stone and stuff, never really dug that movie. Not bad, oh, really? but it really? wasn't like... Like I don't think it'd make my top ten of his. It's not oh, a bad wow. movie. I'm yeah. not. I'm not calling this Red Baron. This mm-hmm. isn't that far. But <laughs> I'd watch the movie. Yeah. But yeah, it didn't make my top. It, I I don't know what it is. I feel like that might have been one of the first movies I saw of Woody Harrelson. Maybe you know that and uh, Cowboy Way. But seeing him like being that serious and being in that character. And it's, I yeah. feel like it's a cult classic movie. I mean, it's a it's a legendary oh, movie. But then it's like one of the rare movies that you like are rooting for the bad guys. I feel like, and and you know, at least for me. So I don't know. I, there hasn't been a lot of movies like that since then. And just seeing what how Woody Harrelson has kind of developed as an actor along the way from that to what he is now, it's it's just been insane. Yeah, it's crazy. I would I would probably I would have Hunger Games. I would have Catching Fire. I would have seven psychopaths. Yeah, there it, it would be in that ten to twelve range for me. So it's not a bad movie. It's just not as high. I wasn't into longer movies back then. It's pretty damn long. Oliver Stone's movies are always friggin' long as hell. And so when I watched her when I was younger, was I need to watch that again? Maybe. Maybe I will. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's been a couple of years since I've seen it, but again, if, if I were to be sitting around eating a Red Baron pizza on the couch and flipping through the channels and it was there i would <laughs> i would just well finish it off well at least you'd you'd supplement your fifth best pizza with your top movie there you go kind of about bring some balance to the world right frozen pizza oh god <laughs> well mike man I'm, I'm glad we were able to get back back into the flow of things here i i, I thought i should based on the show sheet that we were going to go under well under an hour and here we are, 58 minutes. So let's try to wrap it up and, and beat our record. At CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. Under an hour. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you guys next week. I didn't fall asleep either. <laughs> Thank 50, God. It was 50 50.